everyone. Thank you for tuning in to Pure Hustle Podcast. Yes, thank you so much. We do have a request though before we get started. If you have found our content to be entertaining or helpful, would you consider leaving us a review on iTunes? Those five-star reviews really help to make sure that our content gets out there and that our show continues to grow. Enjoy the show. Welcome to Pierce Podcast. I'm Mike. And this is Orlando, and we're on episode 319. Yeah, 319. That means we've got 318 episodes plus mini-sodes in the bank. And uh, and we're bringing you some hot takes now because after 318 episodes, reselling keeps changing. It does keep changing. So, I will, you know, Mike and I are always trying to find content that's relevant, right? That you're not hearing the same old, same old over and over again. Because let's be real. Recycling, I mean, recycling content, reselling content is easy to recycle. And you see it all the time. I know how many clickbaits you see. You know, I made so and so much money in this amount of time. Yeah. Here are the best ways to ship. Here's how to sort. I mean, it's all kind of the same game over and over again, you know? Yeah. yeah I mean, it's like that with a lot of things, honestly, because there's a lot of times what people don't realize when it comes to those things is there's there's breadth and then there's depth. And a lot of times, you know, you can only go so far breadth wise of content. Um, but we try and make sure we're always going a little bit deeper, hitting different angles on things. Uh, so because a lot of you, you could just do that. You could just recycle the same content and just keep it like surface level. Uh, but you know, we talked about this topic before, you know, we've talked about it several months ago. We've talked about it years ago, how reselling has changed, but it's a ever evolving. But it, I want to talk about now. Yeah. So how Cause I right would now? say in six months, the whole reselling landscape, I think is changing faster. I think we had this thing from like 2015 till about, you know, March of 2020 when that thing happened, like it was pretty much same old, same old, right? You can pretty much pick up the same goods. You sold on the same platforms. You can get kind of like the same dollar amount for things. Competition didn't really, I don't think it exponentially grew. And then we went through this whole, I think it's a whole like revolution of a lot of things, right? People staying at home to work, uh, people shopping online more, uh, you know, people unwilling to go outside their home. There, there was just a lot of things that happened. And I think that brought on massive change in 2022 because all the OG resellers in 2020 and 2021 just adapted and just like scaled. Right. And, but now, you know, the economy is changing, right? We have, you know, interest rates have peaked and, but that doesn't mean things are any, any better anytime soon. Right. And now the massive layoffs are coming on, uh, you know, all these major companies are down. And so all that I think is pushing into the reselling space. So the first one I wanted to talk about was the idea that now in reselling, there's a lot more competition, I would argue than even six months ago. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's true. I think, um, there's a lot of factors to that. You mentioned it earlier. A lot of people are are hurting financially, right? And they're trying to make ends meet. Um, and I remember, remember when uh, Millennial Monopoly or Monopoly from Oh yeah, yeah Monopoly, big, yeah. Uh, when that was the hot bolo. So I Orlando, feel like that was the peak before everything hit. So Orlando had uh, snagged a whole bunch of those. So I was like, you know what? This seems like it'd be funny for me because I looked at some. I'm like, I want to buy one off of you. So I bought one off of him. Um, I think Did I really, yeah, I think I gave it away because I was like, I played it once and it was, it was funny. Uh, but one of the things that was in there was like in the, I think it's, what's the community chest. It's like, you got a, a side hustle, get an extra 200 bucks or whatever the thing was. And it's funny that they mentioned that because that is a, a thing in the millennial generation. Like statistics show that most millennials have some kind of a side hustle and it's becoming more popular and more competition has grown for several reasons. But one of the driving factors why millennials have are, are so likely and, and it's not just millennials now, now, it's, now. Yeah. Now Gen Z is coming up and they're starting to have money and spend money and try and make money. And a lot of Gen Xers who maybe were doing okay, like the economy has changed. And so now they're starting to look for side hustles. So, uh, so many different people who either didn't have one are now looking for a side hustle or, or, or maybe people who already had some are trying to add even more. How can I make this work? I already drive Uber. I already do this. How can I make a little bit of extra money? Yeah, agreed. And, and here's the thing. It's not just people. It's organizations. So we've talked about how about Goodwill now, sorry, I shall not be named, is fully online now, right? They already had shopgoodwill.com. Now they have, I forget what the other one is. It's like, it's not shop Goodwill. It's the other online platform that's established. Other good, good one I forget one. what it was called. Let us know in the comments, right? And you also have 
for example, Salvation Army now has their own online site. I the Salvation Army is here in San Diego. Like I go and there's like nothing anymore. A lot of them are actually closing. Right? Yeah. Like they're just disappearing. I think it's because they're just going online. Right? It's less overhead, right? Less employees. Right. They're able to fund ministries better because now all that money is just being put onto their online business. Right. And so a lot of changes going on. So there's that competition. There is the whole like another platform came on with TikTok that I think is is also leading to the exponential growth of the reselling space uh, in the sense that, you know, I don't remember like pre 2020 people really talking about depop or people talking about you know selling on on grailed or StockX, like those those things were around Mm -hmm. but it wasn't as prevalent as it is now yeah and that kind of goes into our next part with the idea of it becoming more mainstream uh it was in the past i think a little more fringe to be a reseller if you had a side hustle uh it, it typically was something like driving pizza at night or you know once uber came around but things like tiktok instagram social media uh, it, it provides a space and, and the influx of influencers trying to promote this. And, and we've all talked about the fact that many there's a lot of great influencers who are legitimate resellers who know what they're doing. And then there's a lot of people who actually see the market not in I can resell and make money, but I can build a platform and I can build an audience by doing quick TikToks about flipping shoes that I got at at you know Ross or Goodwill or whatever it is that they're doing. And it's becoming mainstream because it's it's a, so many people have been able to find because that I think is no matter what generation because I remember like my dad as a kid watching stuff and there was always like the infomercials of how to make extra money and you can buy rental properties and you could do this and there's always been little things here and there that people have have tried to do to make money but so many of them over time have almost become like cliche and people realize like that's just a scam mm-hmm. but reselling if you show somebody hey look I'm at a thrift store right now I could pay four dollars for this it sells for fifty dollars on eBay. That's legitimate because it's a real thing that we do. We do that stuff all the time. And so people see that and they're like, you know what? That makes a lot more sense than I pay $100 for a course and I'm going to be able to buy houses for a penny on the dollar. And that was a scam that my parents got into. I'm not going to get into that. But this this reselling thing seems real. And because so many new influencers are are really trying to build a platform and and an audience to make money on TikTok and those types of things, or just uh, I think a lot of them just like attention, you know, so the more clicks that they can get. And I think... Anywhere. I remember when we were talking to a friend of ours back when we were at our old job in the old school, um, he he wanted to you know market stuff and he was into marketing and he would always take like the marketing classes. Yeah. And he made a comment. He's like, yeah, your podcast should do really good because we we had a whole discussion on different uh, markets that that people can you know build audience and advertise in. And and that market of flipping and reselling was discussed as being a big one. Yeah. And oh so, yeah, it still is. And so if you are one of those people who are going to pay a guru that's going to like motivational speak you into, you know, whatever, and you're going to join a, you know, a masterclass or whatever those programs are that people get into, if they're telling you like, hey, you should get into this market to build an audience. These, they're not telling you, hey, get into this to make money. They're trying to teach people how to market. Oh, I, listen. And so I want to land here for a moment. It's kind of off topic a little bit, but it, it, I've, I've been wanting, I've said this before, but it's been interesting lately. So lately... So I'll go, I hate saying this, it's not incognito mode, but I have a separate TikTok account because I don't, I don't want, you know, if I, I, I just pure as a pot, I just, I want to make sure that, you know, I, I'm not inserting myself in things. Yeah, you got a personal account. Yeah, yeah. personal account, right? But, you know, since I love recently, I'll, I'll have recently content that keeps coming in. And it's interesting because, you know, you'll click and you'll go to their stores and they're selling a course, but they've only sold like 250 items right, or 500 items. And I'm like, I listen, I've sold a lot more than that. And I still don't even feel comfortable selling a course mm. right now. Could Mike and I have sell a course? I, I think we could. And I think we do really well. I mean, we need to, I, don't, I don't think I, it's not it's not my forte. Well, let's be honest. I think one of the things I hope our audience realize because we get, you know, occasionally get the random troll who accuses us of trying to rip people yeah, off yeah, or whatever. Yeah. But I think the reality is if you look at every influencer in this space that makes a lot of money influencing it's all it's, it's courses and there's not anything wrong with people who are valuable mm-hmm. selling their time and that kind of thing but i think orlando and i have left a lot of money on the table saying let's not do that let's not try and like build a quick you know pdf ebook that we can sell or like a quick course and pay a bunch of people to join us six weeks and again there's nothing wrong with that but we wanted to just have this content where we're going through our journey every week for free on on youtube 
Uh, and so, yeah, we've left a lot of money in hopes of of being real and, and and going through and talking about the struggles. But yeah, that is that is one of the primary ways these people are making their money. It's not through reselling. It's through teaching people to resell. Yeah. And so the other side of it is it has made it mainstream because now people take it more seriously. It's, it's interesting. I was where was I? I was talking to somebody the other day. I don't know if it was in church or something. And I always get, you know men always ask each other, what do you do for a living? What do you do? Right. That is like the question. And I remember like, like five years ago, I, I would always have to like explain myself, right? Like, Hey, you know, I, I sell things on eBay and then people are like, Oh really? So what do you do? Like for reals? Mm. And I'm like, no, 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 I sell stuff. Yeah. Not your hobby, but like, <laughs> yeah, what, yeah. what's your job? And now I'll say, oh yeah, I sell on eBay full time. Like, oh, that's awesome. Like, what are what things do you sell? Like, it, people actually like go, wow. I wish, like, I and not that that they want to do it, but they're kind of intrigued, right? They want to know. They're like, oh, what do you sell? You know, what does that look like? Like, I get all these questions now. Or that wasn't the case. I mean, years ago, it would be like, hey, um, so are you gonna get a job here soon? Or you know, um, there's some school offerings over here and. And I remember those days. I remember people, you know, in the early days, they would call me like, hey, just checking up and seeing how you're doing or are you managing? And I'm like, I'm good. Like, I'm doing far better now financially than I was when I was teaching. It was interesting. I was watching a Commonwealth picker. Shout out to him if he's here in our podcast. But he also was a teacher like me. He taught APUS and everything. And he he has a great YouTube channel. And he was talking about how people now in the downturn economy are reaching out to him and going like, Hey, you doing okay and stuff. So he still gets it. But he had said, Hey, I make way more money now, including benefits, including investments and everything doing reselling. And so I think we've come to a place in reselling where enough people have come into play and shown that you can do it full time, that it is really popular. And, and a lot of people do buy into what you said, of the get rich quick or you'll get ultimate time freedom. And we've never said that on, on the podcast. Uh, is it possible to scale? Yes. Is it possible to make a lot of money? Yes. But it takes work and it's a grind and there is no guarantees in reselling. Even Amazon right now, I have, we have some people on the discord saying, you know, it's funny, like this Q4, we're, we're picking up with these toys and we're just breaking even. Mm. Right. And so it's it's a lot more mainstreamed, which has made a lot more competition. But the the positive thing about things have changed, I would say, in the last six months, is that there's a lot more options to sell. Right, eBay isn't the only game in town. Right, so I've seen a lot of resellers lately talk about they've gotten a Vero for this, or Nike's come after them, and so they'll go to Macari, or they'll go to Poshmark, or they'll go to whatnot, or they'll go to Grail, or they go to Depop, and so. Right now, I, I think it's it's an exciting time in the sense that since it's become more mainstream, it means that more people are going to go online to buy and there's going to be more options. But be careful because you could also spread yourself too thin and you're making the same amount of sales and doing a lot of the same work. So, all right. Hey, before we move on, I uh, just want to talk about can I get this in here without ruining the lights. Uh, yeah, maybe. So Orlando's grabbing a. Uh some bubble boy up. Here's what you should do. You should you should this. start it on your end and we'll just bring it across the yeah, screen. Right. right here. It's on the screen. I know. No. Oh, oh. So I was about see to how roll long. it onto no, the camera. No, no. So, so just bring it, bring it across. No, no. Start it on that okay, end. Okay. All right. All right. What am I doing here? I'll start it on my end so people see. Okay. There. See? All right. Anyways, it's four right. feet. Here. Hold on. Okay. Gonna, we're going to show how long this thing is. All right. Ready? Right, there you go. go. People on the podcast are like, go, what, what are we doing? They're just fast forward. Keep going. Oh, you're bringing it back? Oh, putting next you, to you didn't. Punk you call? didn't understand the concept. I didn't. I didn't. I, 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 like All a train right. going across. I wanted people to realize how long, how <laughs> wide <laughs> this thing is. Jeez, Orlando. Four, Wait a minute. Four, four feet. Uh, two hundred. I think it's two hundred. I don't want to. You got to talk into the mic. I, I'm trying to. It's a. It's a. It's big. Yeah. And anyways, American Bubble Boy is thirty nine ninety nine. Next day shipping. Uh, and, uh, Mike forced me to bring it inside. I was too lazy to bring it inside. Yeah. I walk up and I'm like, Oh, we got American bubble boy delivery. Fantastic. <laughs> but anyways, check out American bubble boys. If you need bubble wrap, especially this Q4, go to the link below helps us out, helps you out. Cause you get an incredible, uh, you know, bubble wrap pretty quick. And, uh, listen, we stand behind the product. We stand behind American bubble boy. We think it's awesome. Hence why I ordered it for myself. That's right. So, all right. This next one. Okay, outside of the more options to sell, I feel branding is becoming more important. Are you noticing that at all? Yeah, I mean, I think 
I think you've got to set yourself apart from other people. And, and this kind of goes, um, like we talked about, there's a lot more options to sell. Uh, part of that is all the different new platforms that there are. Um, I've been talking to some of the people on the Discord and kind of watching them talk about Etsy stores. And I've actually recently bought several things off of Etsy. Uh, it's really cool. Etsy is a cool platform to be used for that kind of stuff. Um, if you make things, if you've got a 3D printer, if you're crafty, or even if you just have like a access to a whole bunch of a certain type of item uh, because branding is a really big deal on Etsy because you really do kind of develop a store. You got your brand name. Uh, people know what you sell. Uh, but I think that that concept is is becoming more and more important with other platforms as well. Uh, having a presence, having um, a good logo, uh, showing that you've got a store that has reputation because reputation is crucial. It's very important. Um, and we've talked about that, but I think people are going to be more willing to buy from a store that's, you know, if, it, if you primarily sell CDs, if you're something, another media, or if you primarily sell, you know, games, your you know, crazy game shop, you know, whatever your name is, as opposed to like John three, seven, seven, four, two, six, two, two, eight on, on, <laughs> yeah. on eBay. Now, does that mean people still won't buy from you if you've got the stuff that they're looking for? You know, of course they will buy if, if you've got the right item at the right price. But I think overall, if you've got a consistent um, kind of branding across all of your platforms, it helps you to develop that presence. And then people start to know, hey, yeah, usually when I buy my board games or when I buy my vintage shirts, like I go to uh, sdvintageshirts.com because they've got the best, you know, they find the coolest stuff. Mike's, and Mike's they, new website. That's my new website. Branded it. Just so you know. He's a vintage guy. Uh, but, but branding is important and that includes, you know, your, your presence on social media, if that's how you're trying to build up through for something like whatnot and all of those things. So kind of developing that reputation and not just being a name and maybe your, your branding is just you as a person, but, but oftentimes having a store name that's, you know, legitimate and connects to what you're doing is going to be very helpful. Yeah. I, and the reason I bring this up is, you know, eBay is definitely going down that road. Like if, even if you go to the eBay app now, you know, back in the day, I could like check my feedback and it would just take me to my feedback and it would show me all my feedback. Now it just goes and it's kind of annoying, but it goes right to my storefront. And then it says, you know, my feedback, how many items I've sold, how many followers I have. I think now they're even saying like you're going to eventually be able to put an intro video into that and all that. And it's interesting because I'm a big believer that most people go to eBay because they're just trying to find something. They're not going to go to oh, let's go to, you know, so-and-so store and see what they have, right? It's not like they're, you know, driving around in the mall or or walking around in the mall and like finding a store. But I do think all these platforms are pushing this more. Uh, for example, on, um, on eBay, they very much now with the coupons and very much now you can, you know, I've never sent a newsletter, but you can send out newsletters, develop your email list. Oh, um, I saw this. I'm sorry. I don't mean to cut yeah, you off. Um, I actually, so I ordered some, uh, some like a supplement off of eBay a while back because the prices went crazy on, on Amazon, like some vitamins, okay. the prices went crazy on Amazon. And I saw that I can get them a little bit better on eBay. And it was the same company that I usually buy from on Amazon, right? Uh, bulk, bulk supplements.com. It's like a famous supplement store and the eBay prices were way better. So I bought on eBay one time. And over the last like several months I've gotten, it, it hasn't been over the top, but I've gotten a couple of emails from them through eBay. That's like, Hey, you know, like the last one I got was like, we'll never say never. And it's like, you haven't ordered from us for a while, but yeah. And we won't continue to send you emails, but we wanted to give you this promo code. If you'd like to order, you know, more supplies from us. And they had a little blurb about their store. Like, you know, we've been in operation for however many years, blah, blah, your, 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 um, purchase from us, you know, helps us a lot. Thank you so much. And I was like, I was very tempted to like, I went on their store and I clicked on it. Like, oh, I've got a coupon now for this store. Yeah. And so the fact that I got an email from eBay, like that's what made me open it up. And, and I'm like, oh, this is from a store that I bought from before. And it was actually very effective. Like it was good marketing. Yeah. So as an OG reseller, and I don't know how OG I am, but I've been reselling for, you know, 11 years, uh, last five full time. I kind of, I bristle at this. Like I, I'm not a fan of, of this. I like just being anonymous, selling my stuff. Like I, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't want to entertain people. I mean, I, I love the podcast, but the brand here is Pierce a podcast, right? It's not my eBay store, but I, I want to encourage you, even if you don't like it, it's kind of what's happening. I don't think there's going to be a lot of options. We had talked about man, eBay. I mean, Facebook failed on this. Remember Facebook was supposed to have like their own like online stores. Mm -hmm. I don't know what happened with that. I even like made my own like Facebook handle and my Instagram handle and 
it's out there's probably been hacked by now but i created all that and then it just never went anywhere and i'm not sure what happened but ebay's definitely making it happen poshmark's making it happen i think the biggest one that's making it happen is whatnot which leads me to talk about here about how live streaming now in the last six months has grown exponentially yeah and i think it's weird i'm I'm interested to see where it goes because a lot of what's selling on because i know like when you go to whatnot especially when you're doing sourcing or selling mm-hmm. you're, you're kind of in the market that you're already into like mm-hmm. harley shirts vintage shirts those types of things hats shoes and there is a place for that but i think the majority of what's happening on whatnot if i'm just scrolling through if i was just a new person that sets up an account i'm looking through the like promoted stores the most one it's mostly things like uh trading cards uh, sports cards, those types of things. And it's like, like I've mentioned in the past in the podcast, it's, it's almost like the wild west. Like they're basically doing gambling and you know, all they've got all these games and I could watch for like so 30 wild. minutes and I'm like, I have no idea what the, how they're playing this game, but I kind of want to do it because it looks fun. Uh, so th- it's, it's pretty interesting. So I wonder how it's going to go as we've talked in the past that the, as the economy dips, I think that the push for things like basketball cards and Pokemon cards is going to dip. Oh, it's already bit. dipped. However, one of the things that live auctions has for it, and I think they've grasped this from just social media. I mean, it's it's still an experiment in a sense, but it's been out for a long time. And there's, you know, sociologists and psychologists and all these things have a lot of data and understand how people are connected to these things is that it's addicting. And if you're the kind of person who, you know, you like to shop, there's one way of doing it where you're just scrolling through on OfferUp and you're scrolling through on eBay and you're typing in the things you look for. But there's something about you're watching somebody sell something and every once in a while, it's like, oh, that's an item I want. And people get addicted and people will spend so much time on on TikTok. They'll spend so much time scrolling through Insta stories, all of those things. So it's not unfeasible. I I can imagine many people are going to sit in front of a whatnot and just watch an hour worth of of people selling stuff, hoping to maybe see something that they want because it's like that dopamine of, oh, that's a cool item. I should bid on it. Oh, man, I lost that one. I'll wait another 10, 20 minutes. Oh, there's another item I'd really like. And you're watching. Some people people don't like that. Some people don't, but it was interesting because I told a a guy at work about our uh, whatnot uh, auction that we were doing. I was kind of telling him about the process. He's like, what is this app? Let me look it up. And he came back like a week later (laughs) and he's like, bro. Bags under his eyes. He's like, bro, (laughs) I like, I I checked out what you were talking about and I like was watching on whatnot. He said, I watched for like a couple of hours and like, yeah, they were selling all these shirts. He's like, I don't even know what they were talking about, like single stitch and all this stuff. And he's like, it was so crazy. <laughs> That's hilarious. But people, it's it's one of those things that I think it can addict people. And I don't think, I think we're still at the, uh, the early stages of like what this is going to look like. But as people figure out, I mean, think about early social media, like MySpace, like it wasn't there yet. It was still addicting, but they figured out how to make it more entertaining. Um, the influencers have figured out how to capitalize on it. So as we go, these platforms like uh, like whatnot, Poshmark and eBay is going to well, be Poshmark doing it Live is like the latest one. It's it's live now. Yeah. I don't know when eBay is going to do it. <laughs> which why why is the eBay always like six months or a year? I mean, right? part of it could be they're just. It's sometimes it's best to be first, and sometimes it's better to <laughs> last. not last, but to wait until people have kind of yeah, resolved all I the bugs that. and figured it out, and say, okay, what's working for them? Let's implement that. So sometimes it is better. But let's to, get immediate pay done first. That's right. Okay. So, but this is what I'm saying, and it's same thing with the branding. It's uncomfortable, right? So, for example, Mike and I, when we first started the podcast. We took the handle on every single social media, right? No one else was going to be Pierce Podcast. Now, Twitter, we had to be Pierce Cast because there's only so many letters you can put in your handle. Maybe Elon's going to change that. But we should get uh, verified. We, should, we could. We get the blue check. Eight dollars. Boom. We just yeah. There you go. You guys <laughs> support you guys us on are, Patreon so we can be blue check for you guys. You guys are looking at a at a at a verified <laughs> future verified. We are a future verified podcast here. That's I think it's going away. Here. They've had so many fake people show up on there lately. So we'll see. I don't we'll know. See. But um, eh, eh, <laughs> the reason I say this is so Mike and I even the website like uh, right now we could sell our website if we want PierceOfPodcast.com even though it's not set up. I mean it's worth money now. And so, you know, on YouTube, we took that handle. We took it on everything. And I encourage all of you, being that in the last six months, branding has become so important in reselling. And uh, hey, listen, a lot of you uh, are like me, where you sell all kinds of stuff, right? I'm even looking right now in the studio from one of my latest sales. I have some Department 56. I have a train. I have a Disney popcorn thing. I have a tennis racket. I mean, I got all kinds of stuff. But I do have my 
you know, train people that follow my eBay store. I do have my Harley people. I got the Rain Spooner people. I have like these different uh, niches that people follow. And I think it's important that think about that when you're sourcing now. Right. Think about that. It, it Listen, if there's a deal, there's a deal. But maybe it'll be better if your store gets more honed in to just having a certain amount of things. I'm not saying niche down to like one or two. You can still be in everything store. But I think it's always good to have an ample supply of a certain kind of thing that your followers of your store are looking for. And I've all, I keep having repeat sales. Like whenever I post trains, I get sales right away because those people are just waiting. Now they know that my store, I'm always looking for trains every week. Yeah. And the nice thing is, like, like we were talking about the live auctions, if you're not on whatnot or something like that yet, this is your chance to kind of figure that out, right? Yeah. Maybe that, that was the other thing I was going to Maybe you want to get on whatnot or Poshmark Live and, and, and you are the person, like maybe you've got a good connection and you're getting lots of Lululemon stuff and people just know like, yeah, once a week, there's this thing that I watch every Thursday night at 6 p.m. and this lady or this guy's got all kinds of Lululemon like items that they're constantly selling and it's sweet. I watch it and I, I buy stuff. And so, yeah, you can kind of figure out, even if your eBay store is an everything store, you can kind of work on that branding and niche down in the in that live field, which again, it's one of those things like you're almost like throwing spaghetti at the wall and just seeing what sticks, you know, like yeah. is this, you're just hoping and you never know, like maybe whatnot takes off. Maybe it doesn't. Maybe it's something else. Maybe eBay figures it out. But I, I, I'm, you don't want to put all your eggs in one basket. You don't want to spread yourself too thin, but it's a good idea to, to, to dabble in everything. Cause you never know what's going to be the thing that, that really takes off. Yeah. And so I encourage you do a whatnot, do a Poshmark live, get, get used to that because if that becomes a place here, here's the one thing that people aren't thinking about is that I think a lot of these individuals that have been on whatnot forever is that it's pretty much instant cash pretty quick, right? So on whatnot, once you sell a thousand items, that money is, I think it's good to go like the next day, right? So in this kind of economy right now, let's say you're in a situation you're like, oh man, I got... I got rent and doing two weeks or whatever it is, you can quickly make that money on whatnot on a live stream or on Poshmark Live, where if you're just trying to list and you're hoping that sales come through, that that's going to be tougher. Now, granted, you may get more money by listing on eBay and listing on Poshmark and not doing a live stream auction. But at least with live stream auction, you're in control of, hey, maybe I can make enough revenue from this. So I encourage everyone to, to do the live stream. I know it's uncomfortable. Listen, I hate tap dancing for people. Just not, I just don't like doing it. And now I enjoy the art whatnot auctions. Every time I do it, I'm always, I, you know, I'm always looking forward to it because I get, you know, I get to interact with you guys. I, I loved our massive one that we did for five hours. Yeah. That was a lot of fun. That was a lot of fun, but I encourage you. I encourage you just step out of your comfort zone because I definitely think recently it's changing that direction. And I don't think that's stopping anytime soon. All right. Hey, be, before we move on, I just want to let you guys know, thank you. Thank you to everyone that supports us on Patreon. Uh, you know, right now, you know, we don't know what to expect with anything. And so it's it's nice to know that we have the ability to continue the podcast uh, and spend that time to create quality content. I mean, even even like thinking about the show, notes about the show, research about the show, that all takes time. Takes time away from reselling, takes time uh, from our family. And so when whenever you sign up on Patreon.com and you help us out just for that $5.55 a month, it makes a big impact on our lives. So thank you to all of you. If, if you haven't yet signed up, you can go to patreon.com slash peers of podcast or go to the link below uh, and you'll be signed up. And with the bonus to that is you'll be in the Discord and uh, Discord, is, <laughs> Discord has been good. I, 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 you know, I'm always impressed by what people pick up. I'm always impressed by how th people think things through. Uh, you know, I had a conversation with somebody that uh, I think they were talking about like the cycles of reselling mm. and how this recession is definitely challenging individuals like that. You know, some maybe the conversation needs to shift about, hey, I got this for five dollars. and I'm selling it for a hundred to Hey, I was able to carry through this month and this month and this month because of this, which we do talk about. But I think maybe that needs to be more of a discussion, you know, so I enjoy these discussions that we're having in discourse. So come check us out. Also, if you haven't followed us on social media yet, we are Pierce podcast on all social media platforms, except for Twitter. We are Pierce cast. You can always give us a call. So yeah, shorten that. Thank you. 619-738-1170. Uh, That's 619 619-738-1170. 
713-873-1170. Or you can shoot us an email, podcast at gmail.com. That's podcast at gmail.com. And as always, if you're watching us, uh, no, if you're listening to us, but you're not watching us on YouTube, come on over. Uh, we are Pierce of Podcast. Hit that like button. and Smash most- it smash that like button but make sure to subscribe hit that bell notification so you are notified whenever we drop those monday minisodes or maybe we just drop a random episode we haven't had an emergency episode recently i don't not, not that we need to but you know sometimes we need them sometimes there's there's drama and we need it we need to address it we need to get on it <laughs> and appreciate all of you that uh you know continue to leave us uh, five stars and tell people why you listen to pure as a podcast always helps out in the algorithm and so appreciate all that i just want to share the last two Oh, I want to share this two star. Can I can I share this two star? I want to share. Sure, let's do it. All right, this is we got some haters from giving a gift, giving you clout now, giving a gift. I miss the old episodes. This podcast is now mostly commercials or promoting ways to send them money. Let's see, bowl wrap, ad check, head razor check, discourse check, YouTube check, Snapchat. Wow, I didn't even know we were on Snapchat. No, me neither. We're not on Snap. All right, come on, we're we're grown men here. Okay. Um, telling us how they barely break even check. So uh, am I supposed to lie to you? Like, I don't, I don't understand. Um, now we have commercials break in the middle of the conversation. Okay. That one we can't control. That is by, um, the, the person that, you know, it's basically our management, whatever. I don't know what you call it. Yeah, The the pod, the podcasting uh, platform that we use. Yeah. Yeah, So that one we can't control and just listen out of having out, hoping it goes back to old days. Hey, Giving a gift, I appreciate you still listening. It's not eighty percent commercials; it's maybe ten percent. Yeah, I, I think it's. Yeah, we try to be reasonable, and that that's part of the cost of of keeping this free, right? I think that's the thing that people I hope realize is, yeah, it is annoying if you're on if you're watching on YouTube. You know, you got to skip those ads or have paid YouTube, or you just listen on the podcast and you don't have those. There's a couple of of interruptions here and there of some advertisements. Uh, but the reality is that's that's what keeps the podcast free. That's what keeps us going on this. And uh, the alternative is, you know, we we could do a 10 minute podcast and say, if you want the rest, uh, it's behind a paywall. And, and we just don't want to do that. And so. we, we will not do that. And listen, it's just that's part of the business. I It's funny because in reselling, for whatever reason, it is the one niche that like people get so mad when there's ads. Mm. Right. But we all listen to personalities or we listen to shows and there's always a break for something. And it's just, that's just the business, you know, and it is what it is. Yeah. All right. Hey, this is from one snook. One said, awesome duo. Learn so much every time I listen and I laugh with them. Appreciate that. Reselling teachers got to love it. Once an educator, always an educator. Thanks for teaching us. Well, appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. I I love, uh, I love what we do. All right. So thank you everyone for going to iTunes and leaving us reviews. Even those that, you know, yeah. Well, that's nice. That wasn't a hater. That was just feedback. And uh, we're definitely open to that. And we, we have tried to make corrections. We've reduced the number of in in uh, ads that we do in each episode that are are read by us. So, you know, we're, just, we're, we're just, trying to... It's just business, man. Yeah. Just yep. business. All right. Come on, hustlers. It's the freaking hustle of the week. Yeah. All right. So our first one comes from EJC32, which is someone from our Discord. So stopped by a garage sale with a bunch of baby stuff out front. And it's this person worst. would normally drive by, which, you know, we get that. Usually that's the ones you drive by. Uh, but anyways, they stopped and found a stack of cassettes on a table. Um, and it was for under a dollar each. So picked up the cassettes and one of them they listed on eBay and sold, which was a Wu-Tang 1996 Mystagog cassette tape slap skate magazine exclusive for a hundred and eighty dollars just imagine like normally you drive by like oh baby stuff keep going you're gonna miss out on that hundred eighty dollar you know probably two minutes you stop there you look at a couple of cassettes and you're like yeah i'll pick these up man you just never know sometimes it's worth the stop unless you've got like another one that like is crucial that you get to immediately hey it doesn't hurt look around lift up a couple things and then drive on it's always awkward when i stop at those the baby ones because i'm hoping there's something and then, you know, I, I've had kids, but I don't know if people assume I haven't had kids, but I just walk around and they're like. And it never hurts. It never hurts to even ask and say like, oh, yeah. this is cool. I see you're selling some stuff. Um, you any my, my kids are. Yeah, my, I'm looking for Wu-Tang uh, cassettes. <laughs> you can you can just say though, like, hey, my man, this we got some good stuff out here. I wish uh, I wish I would have had this when my kids were young. Um, but do you happen to have anything else for sale? Because if people are selling stuff, mm-hmm. typically, maybe they just didn't think about taking them back and they might say, like, well, what are you looking for? And so you don't need to drive by and be like, got any Legos? But you can say like, 
you know, you know well, that I, happens, right? I, that's what oh, I'm saying. So, but you can you can say like, oh, I typically buy you know workout equipment, and I you know buy vintage clothes, and I buy, and they could be like, oh no, I don't have any of that, or oh, you know, I do have some video games. Uh, hold on, let me go check. And if not, then you can just leave the card and say like, oh, if you think of anything else you have like that, here you here you go. And on my card, I have the type the categories I sell in. Right? There's like nine or ten categories listed on there of things, and you'd be surprised of how many times those people reach back out. Mm-hmm. It's it's interesting because I've learned to just say when they ask, "Hey, are you looking for anything?" I'm like, "Oh, I'm just I'm just looking for a deal." You know, is there anything out here you haven't brought out, or is there anything back there that you haven't brought out? And you'll be surprised. And sometimes they'll bring out stuff, and you're like, "All right, uh, yeah, no," but you know, it it never hurts. I can't tell you how many times I've watched somebody on social media go. I asked if they had any more and they came out with this, you know? All right. This next one, I got to tell you, it's it's a great story. So this is from Christopher IG handle dude. No way flips. Sweet name. Uh, was undecided whether to drive out to a yard sale at the American Legion in a small town, got up the next morning and decided to go. Sales started at seven, but showed up fashionably late at 8 AM. There were a couple tables set up, but nothing was about to leave, but nothing, nothing great. So it was about to leave. Notice the bin below a table. Lifted the lid and it was full of 90s sports hats that you could tell was someone's collection. I'm just, I'm just feeling that right now. A little jelly. Yeah. But not only that, but you know that feeling when you're like, mm. no one saw the end. Like, yes. And you just want to get out of there, right? Yeah. You want to get out of there. Uh, spotted a sports specialties Raiders script snapback, which is the grail of hats. It's, it's true. I, I, I've looked for that. I'm a Niners fan and I can't stand the Raiders, but man, if I came across that hat, uh, which that hat, the script readers at uh, sells for four to 500 bucks. And sorry to all of you Raiders fans, please don't come and hurt us. <laughs> Leave us a bad review. <laughs> Cause you, I'm, I'm more worried about my physical health. Oh, the Raider oh, fans. So you took a jab while <laughs> apologizing. Hey, okay. like the Raider fans are, they're, they're tough. They get it. They're fine. Yeah. Reform. All right. Um, didn't uh, need to see more. Asked how much. The guy said 50 cents each. Then noticed there was another bin next to it filled with the same thing. Asked how much for all. Said $10. Jeez. About 50 hats in all. Sold less than 10 so far to two different collectors and netted $1,600. That's, that's definitely a hustle of a week right there. I can't think of the last time I found an incredible amount of hats like do no way flips. Christopher, great work. Great job. All right, our next one comes from Lacey M, another Discord uh, member. So I went to a garage sale and noticed uh, a chair that her mom used to have back in the day. Uh, so it was old uh, and it was being used for storage. So anyways, paid $20 for this chair, went home and listed it on eBay and it was and sold it. It was a vintage red mid-century modern sewing chair stool with storage and it sold for $180 plus shipping. That's 40 cents. Uh, I missed the 40 cents. <laughs> $180 plus some change plus shipping. You, this is a market I haven't really got into very much is like furniture, but there is a ton of money. If you know the right furniture to look for chairs, especially being one of them, there's, there's just a ton of money. There's collectors, especially when it's older stuff, there's certain brands, there's certain styles, this mid-century modern that that's, that's a very popular thing people are looking for. So if you know what you're looking for, and we have a lot of people on our discord that, you know, do vintage booths at places and they talk about selling things through, through there. This obviously sold through eBay, which you can do. But, uh, I mean, it's, it's definitely worth learning about a little bit because you do see a lot of furniture at places. And a lot of times it's just Ikea furniture, but you never know. You might find that older stuff. A lot of times it's at those places where you would, I'm going to drive by here because it's just a bunch of old stuff. Look like someone took out of their barn. And you know, that those might be the, uh, the things that really, really sell for a lot of money. Yeah. Agreed. And you know, the shipping, don't let the shipping scare you. Luckily, uh, Lacey, I'm um, here from our Discord, was able to remove the legs. Nice. Which made it a lot easier, you know, yeah. to ship. But don't don't let shipping scare you. Now, granted, you can end up like Orlando and sell a Bessler and larger whatever thing and that took three hours to ship. Like, that was a beast. Mm-hmm. But if it's worth the money, sometimes it's worth the time. So right. thank you, everyone, that shared with us. All right, what's uh, your hustle of the week? Uh, so mine is, you know, definitely not one for $1,600, but... Um, it, it's kind of just a nice one that's been sitting in my storage for a little while. So I bought a pair of Doc Martens on a road trip and I, I like to do that when I'm on road trips, just stop at garage sale, or not garage, garage sale sometimes if, if I happen to be out, you know, on a Friday or Saturday, but a lot of times it's just thrift stores and areas that I'm not normally at. I like to look at new ones, found a pair of Doc Martens for, I think it was like $3. So obviously snag those really good condition size 12. If they were smaller, I might've kept them. Um, I'm like an 11. 
but anyways, sold them for $50 plus shipping. And that's sweet, right? Like to $3 to 50 bucks. And Can't beat that. especially, especially something that's been sitting for a little while. Cause again, it's one of those things where you could say, and we do recommend if something's been sitting for a long time, you probably need to adjust your prices. But for certain things like that, if you're looking at a certain size shoe, certain style of shoe, it, you just could be waiting for the right buyer. Like I could have put it down to $25 and it still might not have sold. So you just never know. But uh, I kept it. My pricing was was pretty good. I think I took an offer. I originally had them up for like 79, took a $50 offer, which, you know, heck yeah, I'll take that. Yeah. And that's actually going to lead to our, one of our points later on about pricing, because guaranteed those dogs would have sold for a hundred, like four years ago. Yeah. You know? All right. So mine, I remember I shared how I went to that estate sale that was run by just uh, somebody that was a realtor mm-hmm. and they're just trying to move stuff. Yep. And I paid $40 for a bunch of stuff. I picked up a train. I picked up some Pyrex. I picked up a bunch of clothing. And man, this one item I picked up, I was shocked at how fast it sold. And now it's it's like bolo for me. So I, I picked up a Kenwood uh, dual band receiver. Like it's, you know, you have the radio and the, mm-hmm. it's kind of like a ham radio. Is right. It, right. Mm-hmm. Okay. And not my niche. I don't even know. Like I've never even operated one. I didn't know anybody. I just, I remember I looked at the comps and I'm like, it's pretty good. Not bad. And it's sell through rates. Great. And uh, luckily uh, it was all intact and it had a power source with it too. Unfortunately, I left the, the back connection to the power source mm-hmm. at the house. But I still, I, I'm, I was a hundred percent sure it worked fine because it was well taken care of. It was all connected, and uh, yeah, remember I paid forty dollars. So my average cost probably for that item, I bought so much. I think I want to let's say it's four dollars, four dollars. I listed it, and maybe I sold it for too cheap. But the comps were around two hundred dollars, and within no joke, within maybe a minute, I got an offer at one hundred and twenty. Nice. And then I was like, nah, I want a little more, <laughs> which I shouldn't have done. So I countered at like 184.99 or something. And then, you know, then there's the waiting game, right? And so the next morning, uh, in the middle of the morning, I got another uh, a counter offer of 130. I'm like, yeah, I'm taking this. Like what? four to 130. And it, it only took what? eight hours to sell. Mm. I mean, it would have taken five minutes had I just accepted the first offer and it was easy. I just had to put in a medium flat rate box and it was gone. And I'm pretty sure based on the store name, again, branding, it's important. Uh, I, I, it was probably either a drop shipper or someone that sells electronics. So like they'll buy it from you and maybe they have like their own clientele and they're, they're maybe only going to make 40 or $50 more than you would have made. But the volume of stuff that they sell, like they're okay with that mm-hmm. profit margin. So, so yeah, I was I was pretty happy with that because I only paid forty bucks for everything, and I already, I mean, I have a train set that's worth two to three hundred. I got Pyrex that's worth like fifty bucks. I got clothing that's worth like three hundred dollars. I mean, it was crazy. So the fact that this thing sold so fast, that's some of the best garage sales. When you within a day you make your money and you're in the profit, that's good. So keep an eye out for way. those dual band. Uh, it, the truckers use those, right? Yeah, I mean, um, there's different CBs that truckers typically use, but okay. um, yeah, I mean, there's it, it's it's a it's a wide uh, niche that's got different categories. You know, you've got your ham radio, you've got your you know regular dual band receivers, you've got your CB radios, and a lot of them use different frequencies and have different functions, but they essentially do the same thing. Yeah. Okay. All right. Hey. Uh, so let's get, let's get on with this list, and then uh, so I we we are gonna. <laughs> share another one of our uh advertisers uh, people that we advertise but i want to tie it into what we're talking about here nice yeah so our next thing is it's starting to get a lot more expensive for to resell things there's there's a lot of things that have moved the price up um inflation and just uh the changing technology has impacted us in a lot of different ways like things like fees store fees um, the f- listing fees. Now you have to promote items uh, quite a bit more. And now there's pay-per-click. Uh, shipping has gone up. Um, gas. And, and b- it, that's part of it, right? Like you can't you can't get upset when shipping goes up when you got to consider like, well, they've gas has gone up. Cost of labor has gone up. All of these things have gone up. And so those costs get passed on to us. Like those costs don't just impact you personally when you fill up your car. It impacts a lot of things. And so dealing with that, you've got to realize that your overhead, it, it's creeping up. and you can't escape that no matter what. If you've got a brick and mortar store, 
and you're renting a spot, every year your rent's probably going to go up. Every year, like electricity goes up. Things are going to, prices constantly are going up. That's kind of what you're always fighting with inflation and you're adjusting prices with it. The nice thing is, is typically your items that you can sell, the prices of your items go with it. Now, when you have that curve where the prices that your, your expenses go up, but then your profits are going down, that's when you're in a really rough place. Uh, but things have gotten a lot more expensive. I remember when I first started selling, shipping was a lot cheaper, store fees, all of those things were cheaper. Uh, but, but those prices are creeping up and we have to just recognize it's a reality right now. How do we adjust that? And we have to, we have to adjust. We have to be willing to say, um, and, and you can't complain too much. I mean, you can complain, but it's not going to change it. You can't say like, oh, eBay's fees shouldn't go up and uh, they shouldn't charge this. Well, it is the way it is. It's the hand we've been dealt. So how are we going to play it? And the best resellers are going to be the ones that recognize as these prices are going up, how can I adjust, adapt, and make sure that I'm still able to pay my bills and grow and scale so that in the long run, I can come out of this ahead, whether or not prices come down. Yeah. And so before I move on to the next one, this is where I, I we shared a whole podcast about like the number one rule of reselling and it's keeping your costs low and selling high. And I think more than ever, that is important right now, because I do believe, you know, we're, we're kind of in this weird flux right now where we're in a recession and there are a lot of people trying to sell stuff. Right. But it, I don't think it's we've hit the peak where. A lot of people are trying to sell their stuff mm -hmm. yet, right? I think people are still willing to hold on. I think, uh, you know, people are hopeful. So they're not, they're like, uh, maybe we can make it. We don't need to sell this stuff. We don't need to do a garage sale. We don't need to put our stuff up on offer up on Craigslist. But I think the time will come uh, when that happens. And when that happens, prices are going to drop even more on goods. And right now, prices have gone down, I, I think, for the most part, all across the board on stuff on eBay, right? Doc Martens, right? I, I haven't sold a pair of Doc Martens for more than $100, probably like in, I would say like two years. Mm. Now, there are some out there that you can, you can, but they have to be, you know, vintage. They have to be a certain colorway. Uh, there has to be something unique about them. It's not like back in the day where you could drop $2 and you could easily sell a pair of Docs for like 50 to 80, regardless of, you know, what kind it was. Uh, for, uh, for example, uh, you know, the price of, let's say Hawaiian shirts, those, I used to sell those for good money, $85 plus sometimes for over a hundred. Can't think of the last time I sold one for more than 65 hats, right? It depends, you know, certain hats, like the grill hat that we talked earlier, good money, but that market, that market continues to go down, but there's, there's still exceptions. The video game market, uh, I had, I brought to some of the discord. When's the last time you sourced a Nintendo Wii? I, I typically don't source them. Not anymore? Not anymore. Or did you ever? Yeah, I have. I've sourced a few and sold a few. A lot of times I'll like sell like controllers and, and components to them or cords for them. Uh, but at least when I was getting into it, it was kind of a flooded market. So Okay. I mean, back then, you you know, let's say three years ago, you could spend $10. You, I'd be even willing to spend $30 because I know I could sell it for like 100 Now it's like 50 to 80 yeah. right? I just sold a whole Wii right now with controllers, with all the cords, uh, with, you know, uh, I, I think I even had a game with it and it was like $52 plus ship. Right. So you, you gotta be careful. And I think it's because one, the economy two, I think, and I'm not pointing fingers at anybody, but I think influencers and I think the way eBay has pushed things is that sell through is everything now. And so just how we had Amazon race to the bottom, I think that has now come over to eBay. And I think prices are just going to keep dropping and dropping and dropping. And I don't think they're going to get to a place where it's, you know, like on Amazon, where like it drops so low that like you have to sell at a loss or it breaks even. But you really need to be careful with what you source because as shipping prices are creeping, right? Like you said, right? Gas, shipping, eBay fees, promoted listings, at the same time, prices of items that you're selling are dropping. And so it can get really bad if you're not careful with the cost of what you're buying. Yeah, that's true. And then uh, the next thing is, I'm sure you've noticed this, but it, it used to be if you were a reseller, again, like going back to the idea, it wasn't as mainstream. Mm -hmm. You could, if you knew what you were doing, you were pretty savvy. You can get in contact with a wholesaler. Maybe you can get some pallets of things and boxes and that may or may not be profitable. But the the 
success of many YouTubers and Instagrammers and TikTokers uh, has allowed them to make some pretty good connections, which is great. Um, and again, like we've talked about, a lot of their money now comes from selling courses, from their views, all of those things where, I mean, if you look at our, our, our YouTube numbers, we're getting, you know, seven, 800 views per episode. Mm-hmm. A lot of these people are getting 20,000, right? Yeah. So the, the, the amount of money that they're making on those things is so high and they spend the time they they've built a, they've built an audience. They're creating the content. Content is not easy to make. Like if you've ever tried to make like quality content, it takes a lot of time to, to film it, to edit it, to get it up, to, to do the graphics for your thumbnail. All of those things take time. So I'm not knocking them for making money on those things, but more and more of their focus, a lot of the big influencers isn't on actually reselling the things anymore. Cause it's not, it's, Time-wise, it's not as profitable for them. So if they're getting tons of things that they're able to source, a lot of times it's more profitable for them to do videos to promote how they're sourcing stuff and then to kind of box up and lot things to new sellers. But if you're a new seller and you're like, man, I really love watching, you know, Flipper, blah, blah, blah on YouTube or Master Flipper, you know, but I don't know. I don't want to name anybody, but like whoever. Were we going to be Flips at one time? I don't remember. Um, So, you know, whoever it was they were watching, um, and you're new to this, well, you can say like, well, I can start from nothing and go to some garage sales and buy one item here and there until I've built up a store. Or this influencer is selling a whole pallet or a whole box of stuff for 800 bucks. And I'm going to be able to have a whole bunch of inventory and I'm going to be able to make a whole bunch of money on this. And maybe you do, maybe you can, uh, but you got to realize you're adding one more middleman to the mix, mm-hmm. right? Because they sourced it from some wholesaler and they got it at a price. They're selling it to you for a markup. And then you're going to have to take the time to the time it takes to list all those individual things. And so if you take out the markup that the middleman made, your profit is actually quite a bit lower than it could be otherwise. And so this may be really good for people who are just starting out. They're trying to figure out what they're doing, but it's definitely been a change in reselling where a lot of people are able to go and source a ton of inventory from a popular person on either through Poshmark or through you know a pallet or a box that they're selling. There's nothing wrong with that, but it's definitely a change. Like back when I first started, there weren't people doing oh, that. Oh, no way. It was maybe, I can think of one or two big YouTubers that were doing it. But even then it was like, you had to be part of their, like their class. Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't just open to anybody. Now, I will say this, and this is funny before we start talking about, oh, let's talk about this real quick. So one not? One not's one of these avenues that this is happening. Now, I do think there's a lot of opportunity and whatnot. So you know, if you, you want to use uh, our link below or whatnot link, you get $15 credit and you can experiment. And I'll say this, whatnot, where I think it's lacking in getting good prices for items when you're selling, when you're sourcing, you can definitely get some steals. I mean, I, I, I go on there and I've seen all kinds of steals. I see people picking up stuff. I personally, I'd like seeing things in front of me tangible. So I, I don't really buy a lot on whatnot. But, uh, you know, I know a lot of people, even from my last one where uh, I sold a bunch of hats, some people bought for themselves and a lot of people bought stuff and they're like, hey, look, I sold this for this much. And I'm like, good for you. Mm-hmm. Like, obviously, it wasn't, you know, I, I for whatever reason, it didn't sell for me. So if you ever want to get a chance to get some great uh, stuff for cheap and you want to, you know, spend the time and whatnot, go over to our link below uh, and you get $15 credit and uh, you can use it on whatever you want. You don't have to buy from us when we do an auction. It's for anybody's auction. So uh, go on over to whatnot and use our link below. It'll give you that free $15 credit. Now, after saying that, let me drop the warning. In this economy, I 100% believe there are many resellers that are just trying to offload their stuff. Yep. It hasn't sold. It's been sitting and, uh, you know, for me, I, I've even been open about it. Like the stuff that I'm selling, like you probably should buy for personal use. Right. Cause I, I can't guarantee everything. Right. And, uh, I mean, I, I feel really bad. Like, uh, I think, I don't know, a month ago I sold a hat for good money and I thought it was going to be an easy sell. And then <laughs> three months later they contacted me and they're like, here, I remember that hat I bought from you and whatnot. Like I can't sell it right now. Mm. And so at that time I thought it was easy. I thought, you know, but Marcus changed. Right. And so you got to be careful because understand when you're buying from a reseller, a reseller already has that knowledge of what they're selling you. Yeah. So unless it's one of those things like we talked about where they're trying to, they maybe have sourced a thousand items through, you know, somebody reached out to them. And so then they're just bundling it into four 250 item lots. and They're just trying to get rid of it because they don't want to spend the time to list a thousand items. You can definitely score pretty good. But yeah, I mean, I've gone to, to the 
the swap me and sold a bunch of stuff that had been sitting for me or I didn't want to list and it wasn't worth my time. But again, it might be worth it for somebody else. So you do have to be careful when you're buying from from resellers because you never know, like maybe the reason they're selling these these uh, VCRs or they're selling these games consoles is because they tested them and they didn't work. And so then they could just go on to, you know, offer up or go to a garage sale or list a whole bunch of them and say like, yeah, these are, you know, they sell for whatever, but maybe they're the, the garbage ones. So you just got to be careful. You got to trust who you're buying from um, or just know know your niche really well. And again, you, you could you could totally score. There's sometimes people just don't want to spend the time. So you got to be wise. Yeah, it's, it's definitely a different time. I don't know. Would you have if they were available more have bought like those boxes back in the day? Like in the early days of reselling? I don't know. One? I mean, maybe I might have done one just to figure it out, right? Like yeah. it would have been cool if someone says like, hey, I've got a box of vintage, you know, concert shirts and, you know, I'm selling it for a thousand dollars and there's, you know, 400 of them in here and I just don't have time to list them or something, you know, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Whatever the number is. I don't know. So I'm just throwing that out there. But maybe I'd be willing because I'd be like, hey, this is a good way to learn. Just like you've learned Hot Wheels by doing. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. So maybe I, it's, that's a good point. Maybe it's one yeah. of those things where it's like, hey, I might only net, you know, a thousand dollars out of this. So I pretty much only double my money and it took me two years to do that. So is it like something I would do all the time? No, but it could be something that you learn a whole lot about. And yeah, so there's good that. and bad, yeah. right? The, the good is you can learn about stuff. It's easy. You don't have to drive anywhere. You know, it's delivered right to you. Uh, you know, hopefully it, it's stuff that, you know, will sell. But the bad side of it is I, I'm telling you, I, I've seen it. Like I've seen resellers selling stuff that I'm like, the market has changed. And so people are going on, they're thinking they're getting a deal. I'm like, you're not, you're not getting a deal. You're not getting a deal. So, all right. Um, yeah, I'm just passionate about that one. I just want to protect people that are getting to reselling. All right. Sure. Number nine, um, returns are not an option. I just, I, in the last six months, I've had so many people uh, on discord or on Instagram DM me and saying, Hey, I have no returns. But eBay forces return, eBay forces return, eBay forces return, Poshmark forces return. And I, I think now in this world, you know, especially with this kind of economy, it's very hard to sell something and just be like, my hands are done with this. Right. And so the a better option for you is to offer returns because the seller protections are, are, are incredible. I, I think the seller protections are far better now than they were years ago. Yeah. And there's less likelihood of your customer making a false INAD to get the return. Mm -hmm. Now it still could happen, but if they know that you've got free returns, I don't do free returns, but I do returns customer paid. And if there's like something wrong with the item that a lot of times I'll pay for it and it's, you know, communication as needed basis. But if they know, Hey, I can return this. They're more likely to say like, didn't fit or wasn't what I was looking for, or as opposed to just an INAD where you're kind of forced that return. So it, it is for your protection. It'll probably increase your sales. Um, and you may have to deal with some returns, but again, that's, that's part of the cost doing business. There's a reason why the biggest companies, part of it is they do so much, so many sales that it's not even an issue for them, but you know, Walmart, Costco and Target, they, they all take returns. Amazon, you can pretty much return anything for any reason to Amazon. So knowing that if your store doesn't offer any returns, it's just less likely people are going to buy from you. And if they do that, they'll give a false INAT or something in order to get that return. Yeah. Agreed. So Get yep. those returns going. That's right. And then our last one, number 10, is cost is more important than um, ever before. And then even six months ago. Yeah, absolutely. And so you know, we've talked already a little bit about the idea of like sell-through rate is, is crucial. Um, being able to buy your items, source your items low is going to be key. Uh, right now is the time for that. It's 50-50, it's right? Like when you go to garage sales, there's some people who they're trying to offload their stuff and they're trying to get top dollar because they're hurting and they're trying to get their money. And there's other people who are just trying to offload stuff and they'll sell it dirt cheap, uh, especially as prices are coming down. And so the key thing is you need to be able to source at the lowest possible amount you can source at right now, especially as, as inflation continues to hit and affecting everything. If your prices have to drop be, to, in order to stay competitive, if people aren't buying as much because you know we're in, in a recession or, or whatever it is, people are, are trying to spend their money on other things besides like fun hobby stuff if you're going to be selling those things, you need to be able to pick them up cheaper and you need to be willing to list them cheaper if you're wanting to move them quickly. Yeah, I, I would say right now, and I said this in the previous podcast, it's a time to make obnoxiously low offers. Like I, at garage sales, at, you know, if somebody's trying to offload, 
you know, inventory to you. If another reseller approaches you, <laughs> watch nobody's going to DM us anymore with this stuff. But I'm telling you now is now is the time because we have no idea what's around the corner. Uh, we have no idea, you know, even though inflation has peaked, I mean, the, you know, the latest CPI report, you know, inflation dropped, I think like by 0.05 or something like that. But that doesn't mean that we're out of the clear. Like this stuff takes two or three years. And so the economy will continue uh, in this, you know, trajectory, downward trajectory. Uh, you know, the Fed's going to keep raising rates, which is going to hurt things. And they need to to get inflation down. And so people are going to be very limited on how much they can spend. And so if you are spending too much on inventory and your prices are too high or you're unable to sell, you're going to have a very tough time reselling. So cost is everything. So hopefully you found this uh, podcast encouraging about how there, there's a lot, there's a lot changing. A lot of it is good, some bad, but overall uh, now is definitely a great opportunity to continue reselling. It's just about adapting. With that being said, to make sure you be real, be relevant and be reselling. Peace. Peace.